All right. Today I'm talking to Michelle Marie Whitehead, who's a lawyer. I'm super excited to talk to Michelle because she has a really, for me, a unique approach to law and she's the only person I recommend for everything. Terms and conditions, all the privacy policy stuff, IP, trademark, everything. I'm like, just talk to Michelle. So thanks for coming and chatting with me today. You're very, very welcome, Natasha. It's always lovely to chat with you. Thank you. Do you want to do a little, like, formal-ish intro thingy? Is there anything you want to say especially about yourself? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I pretty much came into the world of online entrepreneurs about five, six years ago now. Um, I was completely disillusioned with being a lawyer. I had intended to give it up entirely. I'd qualified... I'd done my master's in law and qualified as a, a mediator uh -huh. and I was just going to leave it all behind me and, and just be a channel of peace and <laughs> tell everyone to be friends with each other um, <laughs> instead of fighting about stuff. Mm. And, um, and once I got it, but I had no idea how to market a mediation business. Mm. So I stumbled into this world and discovered this entire universe of amazing connected incredible women who were running their own businesses from home mm. and doing world-changing things but they had no boundaries and they didn't understand the basics of how to protect themselves and their businesses mm. and it was like they need me so yes, I <laughs> forgave myself for having become a lawyer and started out building myself into a reinventing um, my practice into the kind of lawyer that I really wanted to be and mm. the kind of lawyer I felt was needed. And that was someone who could just be completely down to earth, be myself in every aspect of my business, but at the same time to um, to pass on the important information that I'd learned professionally and to actually use my professional skills mm. to, to help people to, to learn that, you know, a life of service doesn't necessarily mean being a slave to your business or to your clients and that you could just be authentic and amazingly you and have all your personality but have legal protections and boundaries and foundations as well. So. I love that. I love it that you bring in the boundaries thing because just on a personal level, every time I go for any kind of healing or anything lately, everyone's always like, it's all about your boundaries. Okay, I'm getting it. Universe is just coming at me from every angle. And um, yeah, I feel like having redone my terms and conditions recently, it really did feel like just a very loving process. It didn't really yeah. feel like, I don't know, I have some, I think we all have some weird stories in our heads about law and legal stuff. Mm. Do you notice that with people? I do. I do. And I think it comes from that Okay, my, my understanding is it comes from that traditional, just as we've moved away from a traditional masculine perspective of how mm. we do business, mm. we also need to move away from that traditional masculine perspective of how to do law. Mm. So a business that's based in, in competition and greed is good and all of that, you know, dog eat dog world, all of that sort of stuff that we, we don't believe in anymore and we don't, there's got nothing to do with us and our business. Yeah. In the same way, a legal understanding that's based in fear and avoidance of liability and barbed wire fences and tangling people up in red tape mm. is also not something that is relevant to us anymore. Mm. So we need to think of, of legals as, you know, contracts that care is how I say it, but we need to think of them, 
you know, our contracts and our terms and conditions, not as being some barbed wire fence off in the distance that we hope no one ever has to touch, but as being that sacred container that's holding the space for you to do your best work and to build your ideal client relationships in the way that you really want them to to unfold. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's, manage that yeah. relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's what I experienced. Like, so for anyone who's listening or watching, I've got the DIY terms and conditions package from you. And yeah, what I really love about it was um, my responsibilities, like thinking about what is it that I need to do? How do I need to look after myself so that I can serve my people really well? What are their responsibilities? You know, it's just really simple things. Like Mm -hmm. I ended up writing things like it's your responsibility to be comfortable and make sure you've Mm -hmm. got water and yeah. that you're, you know, you know, like there's not really a lot. <laughs> and no. then who's it for and who's it not for? I found that yeah. was really, really helpful for me. And and what am I worried about? Like it's just like natural language that you use in those DIYs. Yeah. And I found it really easy to complete this time, maybe because I've been in business longer. The first time I did was like still a bit freaked out about it. But this time I was like, oh, this is yummy. It was actually really fun and delicious. Yeah. And I mean, those are the things on a, on a very practical level, those are the things that result in conflict. Mm. Like if, if there's a misunderstanding of expectations, if they don't know what you expect from them, yeah, if, then they're going to push your buttons. Because they're, they're gonna, not going to know how to be your ideal client. Yeah. And at the same time, like they're not going to know how much notice to give you before they reschedule. They're not going to know all this stuff that you need them to know. Yeah. And on the same ver- on the other side of the story, they're not going to know what to expect from you. Mm. So they're going to have this picture build up of how the relationship with you is going to unfold. Mm. And if it doesn't unfold according to their expectations, then there's a chance for conflict. Exactly. And it definitely takes time. I think that was another thing for me was like, oh, I have to actually sit down and do it. But um, what I found was I did one that was sort of an overarching one. And then now I can just pump them out for any new course. I'm just like, oh, I just speak these bits. And yeah, I mean, I would like to just dip into recently I wrote a blog that I think I was just thinking about it. And then suddenly you popped up in my feed that you'd done a post about it as well about do all websites need website terms and conditions? And I was like sort of telling some website people that because I build websites for people, I was like, oh, no, privacy policies for over $3 million a year. And I was sort of talking them out of it. But then I, then I read your thing. Anyway, you tell us about who needs website terms and conditions and who doesn't. Yeah. And <laughs> there's, there's a does. distinction there. Well, no, you, you were right in some ways. Mm. So there's a distinction there between website terms and conditions and a privacy policy. Yeah. Those, are the two two, those are the two legal documents that are needed on a website. But... Every website needs your website terms and conditions. Yes, if you are offering anything for sale, and that includes booking appointments, that includes Mm. advertising, any website that is more than just a glorified sales catalogue needs to have website terms and conditions. And that's um, under ASIC um, and the ACCC, and it's for consumer protection. Mm. And that's, again, it's expectations. It's so that clients know what your refund policy is. Um, all of that sort of stuff. But it, it does so much more than that because it, it puts in your disclaimer, which is what 
gives them the information they need to know so that they can give informed consent to purchasing from you. Mm. you It gives information about your intellectual property protection. It gives information about your consumer guarantees and your your commitment to the Australian consumer um, system and that you're actually providing a quality service. It gives them the ability to identify you. So it's got Mm. your ABN on it Mm. so that they can have faith that there is a real person behind this business and you're not some kind of phoenix company that's going to vanish in flames tomorrow without delivering what they've paid you for all of those sorts of things so website terms and conditions is important for consumer protection Mm. and it also it protects your ip and it does that important role of educating your ideal clients into how to work with you and it's it's kind of a filter too because you can use it to say i don't work with these kinds of people so if that's you Walk away now and don't waste exactly. my time by booking in to talk to me because I don't want to talk to you. You're well, yeah. you're the, not who I work with. And also, um, this is kind of what I my expectations of you is yeah. what I enjoyed. <laughs> it's exactly, like I need you to show up and commit because yeah, exactly. It's not going to work. If, yeah, um, if you're not if you're not committed, if you're expecting me to me to wave a magic wand and fix you, mm. all of these things, you know, if you're expecting. Fairy, fairy Berta to click her fingers and create the brilliant website without me providing you any copy or images <laughs> or any information about my branding, then you're out of luck. Go somewhere else. Find exactly. some other website yeah. person because you're not who I want to work with. So and, that's and your website so, yeah. terms and conditions. And some of those things did sound a bit techy, but you can actually write it all in your own Absolutely. language. Absolutely. It doesn't the have more, to be. The more you infuse your personality into your legals, the more readable and entertaining you make them while still being super clear Mm. the more people are actually going to engage with them and remember Mm. what they say so yeah you're doing yourself a disservice if you're just grabbing some generic ugly blocky barbed wire fence kind of document and sticking it up there because oh I need website terms and conditions that'll do stick it there oh I've got it now and it kind of hangs there like this alien appendage tacked (laughs) onto the side of your business like I don't quite trust that. It, you know, it doesn't feel safe. Whereas if you've written it for yourself and it comes from the heart of your business and you know you've ticked all the boxes and covered everything, then it gives you that gorgeous confidence and it gives the same to your clients. Yeah. So that's your website terms and conditions. The privacy policy, you need a privacy policy if you're earning over $3 million in your business, which pretty much is no one we know. Or oh, wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> We're reaching those, you know, that's our, we're heading there eventually. But, or if you're in any kind of health or wellness. That's right. That's the other one, which is loads you of people know? that I serve. Naturopaths, nutritionists, massage therapists, yeah. life coaches, yeah. schools, um, fitness, anything that's weight that's loss. Weight loss Anything that moves into that domain, and even if you're not in one of those specific categories, if you're in any kind of business where you're collecting people's sensitive information, which is information they wouldn't share with anybody outside of a relationship of trust. Mm. If your clients are trusting you with that sensitive information, then a privacy policy gives them the confidence that you're what you're doing, you know, that you know what you're doing with the information, but also it gives you 
the opportunity to review your practices and think, what information am I collecting from these people? How am I storing it? Who am I actually sharing it with? Mm. And getting that overview for your own self so that you know you're trustworthy Mm. and you know what your processes are and you've got those foundations nailed down so that, you know, you're radiating that belief in your own trustworthiness out to the universe because Mm. you've done it you've done the work you know what you're doing and then that in turn gives people the the sense that they can trust you and the faith Mm. in your um protectiveness and and that you take their confidentiality seriously i love that so much and it's actually really fun like fun i think it did become fun it was easy was what it was using those diy so i 100 percent recommend those and if you also just can't be asked or you don't feel like you want to do the writing like you can just get the vip version and just get michelle to do it all for you so there's there's, options people yeah oh yeah there's a range of i um i love diy but there was no way i could create a diy pack even though i knew like i couldn't help everyone who needed me i needed to put out a diy version but there was no way I was going to abandon people with it. So even with the DIY pack, you get a one-hour um, free call that's a group call. There could be up to three other people working on their DIY packs where you can pick my brain, ask mm. me questions, have me hold mm. your hand, whatever you need. But from there, you can send me your completed first draft and have me proofread, edit, and polish it for you, which is the DIY plus review upgrade. You can just fill out the answers in the worksheet and have me write it for you, which is the done for you upgrade. And then there's a the VIP upgrade, which is where I do everything. So, you know, we get on a call, I um, interview you and ask it all, you know, pull all the information Mm. out of your head, record that and then write it all. And it's all branded and beautiful for your business because I can't write a contract into a blank document. The first thing I do is brand it so that it looks and Mm. feels like your business and we can channel your business voice. (laughs) Yeah. That's so important. Yeah, it was really fun. And I think that was fun actually doing the, choosing my fonts and making it look really beautiful. That's the bit I always enjoy. And it's funny because I, people do ask me about legals and I get really like worrisome, like, but I don't want to give legal advice. And I was aware when I was thinking about talking to you today that there is this sort of, fear and maybe it's because of like the litigation culture and how that kind Mm. of has increased recently but it seems like people are either in kind of denial or they're trying to save time or trying to save money or they're just doing a bit of an ostrich act and I just wonder what you think about that fear element with law and I mean because you're quite familiar so for you it's like oh yeah it's just legal stuff but for us it's like (gasps) even even I get that, right? Every wow. time I write a contract, I'm thinking, is it going to do the right thing? Is it, you know, is it is it going to be safe? Is it is it what is it doing what I've promised? So I think we all have that, and I think it comes from um, uncertainty. Uh-huh. And I think I think all fear is is based in uncertainty mm. that we just don't, you know, we like to be in control. We like to have our finger on the pulse. So um, risk is uncertainty uncertainty is risk risk can be both either a threat or an opportunity Mm. but they're both sort of tangled up in that whole uncertainty of not knowing what's going to happen of stepping into uncharted waters of Mm. kind of um stepping outside our comfort zone in any way and um you know this is why i created castle quest because i was writing risk management programs or editing them for the college of laws master's program Mm -hmm. and i was editing the the work that they were getting 
new principles of law firms to do you know, on risk management. And I was like, mm-hmm. this stuff is awesome. These are like yeah, the right. best tools ever. Ah. But gee, they're they're so boring and <laughs> and ugly. And it's like. <laughs> If we just tweaked them and brought them into castles and dragons and things, then we could make this so much fun. Uh, and so I took those corporate risk management tools and I turned them into something metaphorical and fun. But it's still the same thing. It's like we suppress, like when we don't take action, when we say, oh, that's uncertain or that's too scary or I can't deal with that or it's just too, 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 I can't do it right now, we shove it down. Mm. And it doesn't go away. We actually shove it into our subconscious. Yes. And we just keep cramming it in and cramming it in and cramming it in. And so our subconscious doesn't distinguish between imagination and real world danger. Mm. So, you know, we shovel our limiting beliefs down in there too, as well Mm. as the things we actually need to take action on. Mm. And so we've got this little pressure cooker in the cave under our business castle that's sort of, imagine it as a cave that's got like plumes of smoke curling out of it. And we've got no idea what that's like. It's just this danger space that's under us. And so every time we go to make a business decision or promote our business or grow to the next level, mm. our subconscious is screaming at us, it's not safe. Yeah. We have to stay small and yeah. limit the people we're inviting into our castle because uh-huh. our castle is not safe. Yeah, or the 2 so, a.m. like churning, yeah. laying in bed <laughs> like, dragons. oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're they're coming to get me. And they're all just crammed in there, like roiling around in this big mess of anxiety and uncertainty and fear and worry. And whereas when we actually take the time to pull those dragons out into the sunlight in a space where we feel safe Mm. and actually look at them with curiosity and love and say, hey, you are just a limiting belief. The thought that if I finish all the work on my to-do list, then I'll never get another client. That's one of my personal dragons who likes to hang around. <laughs> then, you know, you just, you can fly away. Bless you. Thank you for trying to keep me safe, but mm. get out of here now. Go mm. fly free. Do your thing. Whereas you, dragon, that says I haven't, you know, saved up enough to pay for my insurance this year, you are someone I actually need to listen to. So here's a place in my castle where I can keep an eye on you and mm. actually take action on that real world danger. Nice. And so that's what we're doing. We're kind of sorting out what are the actual things that we need to take action on, whether it's urgent dragon action, mm. you know, it's something that needs us to do something about today, yeah. or whether it's something that, you know, just needs to have a home and be in our awareness. Because all of those fears and worries, they're actually your best friends. Mm. They're the things that are trying to keep you safe. They're the things that are trying to say, hey, you need to look after this or it's going to hurt you or, you know, yeah. it could be a problem. Mm. Um, yeah, so actually paying attention and, and working out which are the the ones. Yeah. So fear is uncertainty. When we look at the uncertainties and actually deal with those uncertainties in a safe container, then we start to lose the fear and we then we feel mm. safer and it loses the that kind of fear factor. That, mm. And it's not just your legals, but it's every aspect because mm. legals actually, when you think of it, the boundaries, it's as sole traders, it's every aspect of our lives. It's, you know, it's our kids' futures that are riding on it. It's it's whether we buy groceries next week that's riding on it. It's, yes. it's all of those things, which is yeah. why it gets so fearful because the legals are such an important part of your, your the foundations of that castle. Mm. 
Mm. So when you kind of feel like you haven't dealt with any of it, then you're kind of aware that there's cracks all for those foundations. Yeah. And so the smoke's just not pouring out of the mouth of the cave. It's pouring up through all of the cracks in the foundations and everything just feels awful. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we go out, we're told to build this business. So we build this amazing castle in the air, but it doesn't feel safe. So then we've got to ground it. We've got to build those solid foundations. We've got to ground it down on those boundaries so that, you know, we can have that faith and that trust and that confidence in the safety of our business, which then allows us to invite more people in mm. and to be confident that they can trust us. Mm, I love that. And I think what I've been doing lately is when I have those niggling thoughts is actually writing them down and just yep. and and really asking, like, is this something I need to action on? And, like, if yep. it is, well, that's not such a big deal. Like, if I'm worried yeah. about my legals, I can just do that. Yeah, you know, you if I'm worried them. about, oh, well, the other thing is a lot of people talk to me about IP and trademark stuff, which yeah. I know literally nothing about, but I know that that is something that you support women with. So, I mean, I just put a no copyright thing on my website because I just feel like, oh, look, if you want to steal my, and I said that, it's somewhere in my terms and conditions. I was like, look, there's no copyright on here. Uh, maybe if you want to use my stuff, you could just get in touch with me and we could collab. And if you really want to use my stuff, like that makes me wonder why wouldn't you want to shine your own light? You know, like mm -hmm. I just ended up writing a kind of question in there of like mm -hmm. trying to in, sort of invite people to develop their own content. And, yeah, I just feel not worried about my IP. But I know yeah. a lot of people do care about IP and trademark. And so I'm interested in hearing just a bit about how you yeah. would help someone if they So there's something. there's three pieces of IP that we need to know about. Mm -hmm. There's your trademark, there's your copyright, and there's your trade secrets. Mm -hmm. Now, your copyright, I'll go, okay, copyright, trademark, trade secrets is probably mm -hmm. a better way to say it. Your copyright exists in everything you create. And that governs how, it's, it's your ownership of your creative work and your right to say how that creative work is used. Mm -hmm. Some people are at one end of the spectrum. They're like, yeah, do whatever you like with it. I just downloaded it from the universe and it's free to be, you know, it's floating free and wonderful for everybody. Yep. And at the other end of the spectrum, there's like, my precious, my precious, you know, don't touch. Yep. And, and there's nothing wrong at either end of that scale. But 100%. knowing how you feel about it allows you to put in place the boundaries that mm. mean that people aren't, constantly poking you in a way that you don't like if you're mm. towards the the needing more protection end mm. and at the other end when you're one of those everything is awesome kind of people you also need to understand how copyright protection works so that you don't inadvertently trespass on someone else's toes mm -hmm. and you know you may believe that everything is free that you create but understanding that other people might not feel that way and knowing where the boundaries are around what you're allowed to use and mm. take inspiration from is also important oh, I love that so there's that balance there mm. that's your copyright um in Australia copyright exists automatically so the minute mm -hmm. you create something you own the copyright in it interesting um you don't have to do anything else with it in the it's pretty much the same throughout the com throughout the world, but um, different countries have um, rules about how it's enforced. So in, in the US, for example, you need to register it before you can enforce it in a court. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, yeah, in Australia, it exists the moment you create it, you own it. 
Hmm. Um, when you're putting your copyright notice on it, where you're saying like the little C in a circle mm -hmm. um, and then the date, the year of creation, you're basically saying that, you know, be on notice, this is mine. Mm -hmm. um, sorry, my chickens are going off outside. The That's window. fine. We love having chickens. A, they're having a good day out there. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. They like to come and stare at me through my office. <laughs> glass doors but at the moment they're just <laughs> running back and forth playing um yeah so that's copyright trademarks are your names your logos your hashtags the things that are the unique identifier of you in the marketplace mm -hmm. now the times when you need to pay attention to trademarks is a when you're just starting in business or before you invest in branding or rebranding or anything like that yeah um or before you, before you buy your domain names, before you do all of that stuff, do your due diligence. Mm -hmm. Do the searches so that you know that the name you have chosen is A, safe for you to use, that no one else has reserved it for their own exclusive use and has been uh -huh. using it in their business. Uh -huh. Because if you invest in all of your domain names and your branding and everything else and then someone says, uh-uh, it's mine, you can't have it, then you've wasted all that money and that time and that yeah. emotional investment as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, due diligence before you invest. And then ongoing vigilance because your name um, and choosing a name that is unique and original to you and that you can exclusively own that space rather than choosing a name that is descriptive or generic. Oh, sorry. Turn it down. Hopefully that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Alarm. Did oh, I standing okay. no, down? Yeah, cool. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so a name that's descriptive and generic makes you a needle in a haystack, mm. right? Your marketing is going to have to work so much harder for anyone to notice you. And your clients are going to be searching through everybody to try and find you. Like there'll be 15, 20 people, different businesses on the mm. first page of Google. And yes. you, you're lucky if you'll even get on page two, mm. you know. True. Um, whereas if you've got a name that's really unique and the best names are those that are either fanciful and made up like Google. Uh -huh. Yeah. Or um, using a name that's taken out of context like oh. Apple. Ah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So taking that um, uniqueness of a trademark and that both of those two words would never have been associated with businesses until the marketing started around them. Mm, true. But now they kind of own their field and like mm. they're the lighthouse, not the needle in a haystack. Yeah. So you've got to bear that in mind when you're choosing a name. Um, with made up words, it can be anything. I I did a business yesterday where they combined their kids' names into a name. Oh, it was fine. business. You know, something that has meaning for you, something that has a story behind it mm. really helps with your marketing. We all know mm. marketing's got more to do with stories. True. Something that you can really expand on because that name then becomes the hook on which your reputation in the marketplace hangs. Mm. Like it is your identity and your mm. identity represents your integrity so when clients are out there looking for someone of quality and or when you know your clients are recommending you to other people and referring you on they need to be able to find you and to instantly recognize that they're in the right place because as we all know in marketing a confused mind says no so if you're out there playing in a huge paddle of people who are all using variations on the same name mm. 
then you're just adding to that confusion rather than being that stand standout intent identity that's mm. instantly recognizable. So that's your trademarks. Um, oh. Once you've built that reputation, you can decide whether to continue using it as an unregistered trademark, which is uh -huh. the little TM. Mm -hmm. superscript tm yep. you can use that whenever you like if you've got a name that you're sure is yours mm. and that you want to notify the world that you claim ownership of yeah or you can go down the full price of formal trademark registration which is where you use the r in a circle ah, do not do not do not do not use the r in a circle unless your trademark is fully registered uh -huh. because it's a criminal offense and the fines are over twelve thousand dollars oh gosh that's so good to know. don't don't use the r right it looks good don't use it use the tm <laughs> yeah. tm's fine tms you can use whenever you like but make sure you've done your due diligence searches first so that you know that no one else has an r on that name in which case if you put a tm on it then they're Bingo. likely to attack you. Yeah, that's good <laughs> um, to know. Yeah, so that's your trademarks. That's, so you've got copyright, which is everything you create. You've got trademarks, which is your name and your business identity, which is your names, your logos, all of that sort of stuff. And then your trade secrets. And your trade secrets are your secret source, right? They're, the, they're your modality. They're what makes you different from everybody else. They're mm -hmm. describing risk management as castles and dragons. Mm -hmm. But yes. they're the stuff that goes deeper than that. So there's your surface level trade secrets that that your everyone knows. They're in mm. the public domain now because you've been talking about them forever. Yeah. And then there's the stuff that you only disclose inside the client container. Uh huh. The stuff that's special to you. You know, it's how you do things, the way things work for you um, specifically, how you create transformation in your clients, that sort of stuff. Mm. Those are your trade secrets, and the only way to protect trade secrets is with a contract. Okay. So if you have intellectual property that you don't want getting out into the the wider world, if you don't want your clients telling other people what you've done or how you did what you did yeah. or um, practising what you've given them, like what you've done for them, practising that on their clients, all of that sort of stuff, yeah. you need to have a contract that sets out really clearly, this is what I've done, this is what I do for you, this is what you're allowed to do with it, Yep. and this is... Um, you know how how you're allowed to share it or not how it's protected mm, that sounds juicy and involved it's also I was, um, I was just thinking about how does that apply to me I'm like yeah I can't be bothered but um. <laughs> it's, it becomes important when your business gets to the stage where you have something that is so special and how your career how you do it is so special and so um formulated that you want to then license others to go out and work your magic yeah. with their clients and that's where it becomes really important because if you've been protecting if you've had your client service agreement and you've been protecting it all the way along you know you can only use this on yourself you can I'm going to teach you a technique but you can only use it on yourself you can yeah. only use it on yourself then when you get to the stage you can then train trainers yeah that's what came to allowed mind. to go out and use it yeah you know use that technique on their clients yeah yeah that's cool. and so that then level that becomes a really big way to monetize and upgrade and up level your business mm. um but it only works if you've kept that trade secret protected at all all the way up Mm. so if you've given them if you've given it all to them and said yeah go out and use it freely use it on your clients then you don't have that secret element that you can monetize going as your business oh, expands oh that's 
That's an interesting. I'm going to have to think on that, how that relates to my self. But thank you. I feel so informed now. I'm just like, it's been just like a really happy learning experience for me. Yay. I love the way you explain things. I still am laughing about the alien appendage. <laughs> I just that made my day. Thank you. Oh, the other the other um, I love speaking in metaphors. Yeah, I love and, it. Um, <laughs> it's delicious. bringing my poet self into the law because it makes it you speaking in metaphors makes things it takes the fear level out. Mm. It allows your imagination to engage with a concept that in, in other ways, if we're talking about it in in bare naked language, then it's it's it is scary, it is threatening. Mm, mm. But if we can engage our imaginations and lift it out of that, then we kind of bring it into that fairy tale world where we can engage with it as a concept and think, hey, yeah, it's actually this makes sense. Yeah. And totally. so we, we disengage that fear-based part of our brain that says, This is too scary, I can't think of this, I've just got to run away and hide from it all. And we actually say, Oh well, how about if actually oh look we can think of it this way and it does mm. make sense and mm. we start to engage with it at a different level um so yeah <sighs> wonderful you know. yeah. thank you so much and so you did mention castle quest a little bit and i know that that's something yeah. that's launching at the moment but it only launches periodically am i right um i run castle quest every year from november to uh from august to november because cool. it's a, a 12 week program yep um and then we have catch-up calls every quarter for mm. the, the members the past participants who want to stay but it's it's a when you buy it once you get lifetime entry so you can just come cool. back every year and redo it so it's not kind of a, a one and done kind of thing it's um it's a an evergreen kind of program that you know you come back with because you need to recheck in with with your risk yes. register and things like that yeah. over time so yeah um i just i've i built it two years ago i've run it as a pilot twice and just proved with the people who were in it that it works and they mm. love it and so now right. i'm actually trying to tell people that it exists and <laughs> see if anyone else wants to come join us because it's fun and it yeah, actually well, works but it's a tricky one to describe and get get across the benefits of it but it is yeah i had a look at the page i think it's all explained really well so i'll make sure i link to that page awesome. at the end if people want a i guess i feel like it's a more holistic approach to your legals it's it not just is. getting a diy and banging it on oh. it's more for people who everything we talked about today really applies to them and they want to start taking that complete responsibility with a view yeah. to grow and just embrace all the learning yeah, from exactly. all of that. Because, mm. I mean, it's it's a different aspect. Like there's my legal work and then there's my mentoring work and mm. it, it takes it into the mentoring work which takes everything we've learned in the legals. And legals is only one tiny aspect of risk management. Mm. I mean, your business exists in a, a risk environment. Mm. There's a whole network of relationships and circumstances and things that are beyond your control, but they all have impact and effect on how your business operates. Mm. They could be, um, you know, there's legal, there's also financial, technical, relationships, um spiritual there's every and and that's what we do we take this holistic approach to all of the different effects and impacts on your business and unpacking you know what do you actually need to take action on um where do you need to take action you know, even things like um one person last year we went through and she'd had buy silver polish and polish my nana's tray that she'd inherited 
it had been on her list for like 18 months and it just kept sticking on the list. And it's like, yeah, you know what? That's a dragon that's just, you know, it's constantly sitting there. Oh, I'm disrespecting my deceased Nana because I'm not looking after what she gave me. And and so it's like this clumbering little voice in the back of her head always coming saying, you can't be trusted in business because you're uh, not looking after <laughs> things that are important to you. So why yeah. should your clients trust you? So yeah. she went out, she bought the silver polish with us cheering her on, yeah. polished the tray, put it up in her office behind mm. her Zoom thing. And never, now every time she looks, it's like, a I narrative. have confidence in my business because yeah. I can be trusted to take care of what's important to me. Yeah. And all those little niggling cockroachy type worries mm. are what you need to take action on. But they're, it's like, A, we don't see them because we're so focused on the tree that we're serving right now. Yes. We never step back and look at the forest that is our business. Mm. Um. They slip down our important but not urgent list. Yeah. You know, we've got this long list and there's all this stuff on it, but we look at the important things and the important things and the important things, but all of those things that aren't urgent, but they're still important to us, they never get our attention unless yeah. we actually make time for them in something like this. 100%. Um, and I just keep telling my kids lately, really, that one of the many magic tricks of life is that it's what you tell yourself about something. Like a lot of yeah. the times a thing doesn't necessarily have its own innate significance. It's what you tell yourself about mm. it is yeah. has way more weight than just the thing itself. Like a silver platter. I mean, it's, mm. it's sort of not inherently meaningful. It's not inherently meaningful. But when you're carrying that layer of narrative around, narrative. yeah then that's impacting you in a subtle way. So what beautiful yeah. work. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to link to everything down below. I am also an affiliate for Michelle. So if you click on any link that I share, it could be my affiliate link, which means I may generate some income from sharing her work with you. And if you don't want to support that, that's fine. You can just Google Michelle Marie Whitehead and you'll find her. Um, and she's on all the places, Instagram, Facebook, she's got the yeah. website. She's easy to find. And I hope that after this, super informative comprehensive chat that you feel really empowered and inspired to sort out your legals and your business yeah. thanks heaps michelle you're very welcome i also do a free 30 minute initial consultation oh, yeah. so if anyone has specific questions you can always just come and chat to me for half an hour and beautiful. i'm always happy with that thank yeah. you so much have a beautiful day see you later you too darling see thanks. you later